Hi, everyone. This is Scott from Prepare to Answer. I want to share some news with you about an exciting new resource that we've created called So Much More Than Sex. It's no secret that the subject of sex is one of the biggest concerns for young Christians today. That's why we've created So Much More Than Sex for senior teens and young adults. It's a four-part video series, complete with notes and discussion questions, that you can do with your young adults class, small group, or even on your own. The point of the series is to help you shift the narrative about sex away from seeing biblical teaching as little more than an outdated list of do's and don'ts, and replacing it with the overwhelmingly positive, life-giving, and eternally significant vision that the Bible gives for your sexually ordered body. If you want to get in on the So Much More Than Sex series, just follow the link in the episode description. And now we turn to today's episode. The following is a presentation of Prepared to Answer, a ministry devoted to seeing a new generation of Christians experience life transformation through a renewed mind by teaching them to think like Jesus. John 3.16 is arguably the best-known verse in the Bible. It shows up on signs, cards, posters, billboards, t-shirts, and even at football games. Martin Luther referred to it as the heart of the Bible, the gospel in miniature. Its words are a delight for saints and solace for sinners. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But could it be that for all its familiarity, we've been blinded, to its meaning. As a pastor, I learned what I thought was a clever way to illustrate the meaning of John 3.16. I would stand at the side of the pulpit, stretch my arms out wide, and say, Jesus' outstretched arms on the cross was God's way of saying that he loved us this much, giving my arms a little extra stretch for emphasis. But is that what John 3.16 is really telling us? Turns out that I was making the mistake that many make about the meaning of one little word, so. Words like so are why so many people find learning English so difficult. Wouldn't you say so? In most English Bibles, John 3.16 begins like this, For God so loved the world. Read this way, there are two possible meanings. One is for so to mean the extent or amount of God's love for the world. As in the message paraphrase version of the New Testament, which says, This is how much God loved the world. He gave us his one and only Son. The second is for so to mean the manner or way that God loved the world, as in the New Living Translation, which says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son. So, which is it? The answer is the latter. The Greek word hotas, translated so in English, actually means thus or in this manner. And yet most Christians have grown up being taught that John 3.16 is telling us how much God loves us. But then, hey, does it really even matter? It might not seem like a big difference, but the meaning of so will completely change the way that you read, understand, and are impacted by John 3.16. And here's why. When we read, God loved the world so much, our focus is immediately put on us. It makes the Father's motivation for sacrificing His Son the amount of His love for humanity, as if He simply could not do without us and would do anything to get us back. This idea has even crept into our music, like Hillsong's What a Beautiful Name. 
In an otherwise wonderful worship chorus, the one line I can never bring myself to sing is this, You didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. The biggest problem with this idea is that it's not in the Bible. What's more, it completely reverses the truth of the gospel. It wasn't our worth that brought Jesus down. Rather, his coming down brought us our worth. And this difference is no small thing, especially in our idolatrous culture of self-love. One of the greatest lies is that God needs us. He doesn't. That idea is the heart of all false religion. God doesn't depend on and needs nothing from his creation. This was the Apostle Paul's opening correction to the Greeks when he brought the gospel to them in Athens. He said, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Acts seventeen twenty four to 25 When we read so as, this is how God loved the world, however, our attention rightly focuses on God. It reveals to us something about God and the nature of his love, namely, that it is entirely boundless, selfless, and gracious. It's not because he needed us that God loved us this way, quite the reverse. It's because we needed him. The Father's motive for sending Jesus was actually his love for the Son and his desire to glorify the Son. Listen to what Jesus says to the Father in John seventeen twenty four. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Salvation through Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the dead is all about the Father glorifying the Son whom he loves. Christians are the Father's gift to Jesus. We are his inheritance. And Jesus is glorified because through our union with him by faith, he has drawn us into his eternal love relationship with his Father. Listen to Jesus again in John seventeen twenty six, Father, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Conclusion I hope this breathes some fresh life into John 3.16 for you. The wonder of the gospel is in the nature, not the amount, of God's love. By giving his Son, God has shown his intention to make you his child. He wants to love you with the same love that he has for Jesus. How can this be? Because this is the way that God loves. What a powerful gospel. What a glorious Savior. What a difference one little word can make. The preceding has been a part of the recording ministry of Prepared to Answer. For more resources to help you become more confident in living out and defending your faith in Jesus Christ, visit us at www.preparedtoanswer.org or on Facebook and Instagram at Prepared to Answer. Thanks for joining us, and may the Lord bless and keep you.